Good day, everybody, and welcome to the Vittles and Vitals podcast, where we talk about important stuff and how that stuff connects to food, because everything connects to food. I'm Jay Reed. I'm the father. And I'm Jacob Reed. I'm the son, and we're your hosts. Today, we are tackling an enormous subject. A huge topic. So in the in the course of 30 plus minutes, our usual time, mm-hmm. we're going to cover art. Ooh, did you just say art? I did say art. Wow, there's so much that it goes into that one. So art, just if you, let's just start out with a little definition, just to kind of get us going. When you think of art, most of us think of like the visual arts. Mm-hmm. So you got painting, photography, sculpture, those sorts of things. When you broaden that to the word arts, like I was on the arts council for a while mm-hmm. here in town. You get the musical arts, you get theater, right. shows, stuff exactly, like that. Exactly, yeah. So it broadens. And so there's different ways of looking at it. And we're going to talk about a lot of different things today. But it is, I think it's safe to say, I don't think we need to dwell too long on the fact that art is important. Now, everybody may not agree. In fact, I, you know, out of the 7.7 billion people on this earth, I would estimate that there's about... 7.7 billion opinions on art. Oh, what you like, what you sure. don't like, for what sure. is art or for what sure. is not. And that's the thing. There's so much debate. And that's something we've seen, you know, just in the last few decades for sure. Mm-hmm. There's a great debate on like what kind of money should be spent on art or whose money should be spent on art when you mm-hmm. get into the, uh, you know, public money and that sort of thing. And then yeah. you've got these auctions where pieces of art will we'll go, go for, for millions and exactly, stuff like that. Exactly. And then there's of course the debate of what constitutes art. What it is it, you know, some people say, well that's not art, but to another person it's it's gorgeous or like or are Marvel movies considered art and should they be able to get awards for it? Well, that's a, well who's it? Scorsese mm-hmm. was talking about so whether a, or not it was cinema or not. That's yeah. a big Scorsese which counts as a piece of art. Right. So then uh, you know, what's good, what's bad? Uh, so all I think just that debate alone shows the importance of art. And mm-hmm. you were saying earlier, you know, off mic that we all are confronted with art mm-hmm. in every culture. Go yep. ahead. So just a, a little fun fact for people, you know, depending on how old you you believe the earth is. But for a lot of scientists and art historians and stuff, the oldest cave paintings that we have been able to find, according to them, has been dated to almost 64,000 years ago, which is incredibly long, long time ago. And, you know, <laughs> all that stuff. But it's just it seems to me and I think it seems to a lot of people that art has always just kind of been, you know, people were making music. They were cave painting. And then but it seems like every culture, no matter where they popped up in the world, developed the arts independently. It seems like it's almost yeah, yeah. like a, a fundamental human experience because, you know, a you have expression, a natural kind. expression because you have pieces of art that you made as a kid. I have pieces of art that I made as a kid. Sometimes you, we'll look at different pieces and we'll get different things out of them. So it just seems like art has just become an expression for the human experience oh, in yeah. a way that nothing else could be. Yeah. And you mentioned as I was a kid, I mean, I did actually take art lessons from Mrs. Batson across the street. That is a major surprise to me i had no idea well there's i don't know if you've ever seen it at uh, granny's house at my grandmother's house there's a picture of two fishing boots and a and a little uh like a fishing reel thing i drew that with that chalk i mean a uh, uh, charcoal okay and in the hallway i don't know if it's still there but it used to be a in the hallway of your grandmother my mother's house uh a painting of the reed's grocery which used to be out on highway 389 here in starville 
The thing is, though, I would do like the basics, mm-hmm. and then Ms. Batson, bless her heart, would come along and, and kind of like help touch it up a little, bit. Up a little so, bit. So it really should be signed Jay Reed and Beth Batson <laughs> <laughs> on all those paintings. But anyway, I did I did dabble in that, and I I know um, I don't remember you being so much artsy, but not at all. But Lauren actually did a few things. She did a painting of a fish. Not a painting. It was like a, a colored chalk. Isn't that hung in our bathroom it's right now? It's hung in our bathroom, and, and it's framed. Oh, and uh, I actually went to like some place like Michael's and bought a spray because, mm-hmm. you know, the I've, chalk I remember was going to you know, get all, all that place. work for it. Yeah, so I preserved it. I framed it. And, um, you know, she's bashful about it. She she doesn't think she can draw, but she really can. Mm-hmm. So we have art in our family. And, and actually in our... In our discussion of what we would talk about when we, you and I were brainstorming topics once upon a time, you thought about you know the arts that are that's on our walls, mm-hmm. and then we'll we'll I won't I won't do a spoiler, but we'll talk about how the food connects to that later. Yeah. But I think our house is a really great example of what diversity in art looks like. Now you're looking up now, and we in, have a even even in what I can see right now, we have an abstract painting, uh, a painting. Or some drawings of what appears to be uh, a, a group of Turkish dancers dancing around. Whirling dervishes. Whirling dervishes. And then also a colored sketch of a bunch of Yemeni women. Sell, uh, a bunch of Sanani women selling bread. So that was, and that's kind of one thing I wanted to get to later, but we'll, we'll jump ahead a little bit. Is all of that, well, I don't know who did the Whirling Dervishes. I know the Fishers gave it to us, our friends, the Fishers. It's, it's original art, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. The Sanani women is a print, but it was done by a local artist in Yemen. This abstract picture here, I, I shouldn't be turning away from the mic, I guess. Uh, the abstract picture was hanging on the wall of an internet cafe in Ib, Yemen. And of course so, it was. So it's a local artist. I don't know who it is. It's, I'm sure it's written in Arabic there, and I'm not going to turn around again away from the mic to read it. But but we have, like when we... And that's just in the closet. That's just that's that's in the studio. The studio. The studio is not just a home for all my collections. It's also an art museum. <laughs> and there's also photography behind it. Behind there, me. there is some photography pieces. Yeah, and we won't go into that. But but uh, shout out to to all my old roommates who <laughs> who decided to to make pictures. So when I got married, I had certain amounts of art. A lot of it was Faulkner mm-hmm. prints from Faulkner conferences at Ole Miss. We had some Disney prints that, like, I had bought all the Disney movies on VHS as they came out. And if you pre-bought the Disney movies, you got these prints free. And so that's what ended up decorating your room as a baby. Hey. So we had a lot of that. Had a lot of, like, even around us now, if you look, you can't, you see the back of it here. That's a Jerry Rice poster. On the wall over here is a is a framed. It's an uncut set of action packed football cards. So instead of the little cards, yeah, yeah, it's it's like a, the, it's the whole the sheet. whole page, the whole sheet. And um, for those not watching at home, for those yeah, like everybody, yeah. It, but that's the true. kind of stuff that I had. And so shortly after we got married, it wasn't but just two or three years before we left to go overseas. So we didn't accumulate a lot of art at that point. Mm-hmm. But when we got there. We did. We we have pictures. We have probably half a dozen, if not more, uh, pictures that we are paintings that we bought yep. in Yemen. Even to my left here, um, that you cannot see at home is is some woodwork mm-hmm. that Bill Kane did. It's a Noah's Ark kind of a key uh, holder key holder thing. But I mean, that's art to me. Yeah, it is. No, um, it's very beautifully um, done. But when I talk about the diversity of art, we also have like in our bedroom here is a good example. 
out just outside the studio is another art museum, <laughs> another wing of the Reed Art Museum that started out when we came back. I remember going to Bed Bath and Beyond because you know we had all kinds of needs. We had all yeah. We had all, we needed a lot of you stuff. You need that Bed came from Bath there. and Beyond exactly. And we found this really pretty uh, kind of a floral picture, and you know that hung over our bed for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then when we moved to this new house, uh, we changed bedroom suits and we got another thing from Pier One. And I know some people say, well, that's you know that's just chintzy or whatever. It, you know, it's in a thousand homes across America, maybe. But there was an artist involved at one point. At one point, there was an artist involved, and and we like it. And I think that's the key. If you like it, you like it. You just go for it. I've got an and well. I'll, I mean, the one we have over our bed now is is some like some wooden slats, and it's got trees painted on it. And that mm-hmm. kind of set the theme for the room. Now we yeah. have some Dylan Cargis uh, paintings of trees or mm-hmm. drawings. I think you would call that. We also have a little statue of a little man that Dylan did yeah. too. And let's see what else we got. We got um, because a corrugated tin cut out of another tree mm-hmm. on on wood, and then we have this it's a very really, woodsy theme. Very woodsy. We've got a mirror, an antique mirror that when we bought it from the antique store, half the people that sold antiques in the store were like upset because they were gonna buy it, and we <laughs> went in and bought it. And it's got beautiful frame of of leaves and flowers, mm-hmm. uh, all carved in wood. Yeah. I miss, oh, and then we have a, a William Dunlap painting of one of his uh, dogs. He's a, a Delta, Mississippi Delta artist. If you go to the Alluvian Hotel, he, there's a huge painting of his. Mm. This is a very small, it's a hand-colored print that we, we got a few years ago. But all that to say, we had, I mean, there's just so much stuff. Laurie Burton is a friend of mine here, an artist, and we have a little little small painting of hers. It's kind mm-hmm. of trees on the side of a lake. So, you know, our, our tree-themed bedroom but it goes through all the house. We have all this stuff that just is very different, mm-hmm. but it's what we like. Yeah. Um, in our living room, we have like a big cloth hanging up. And it, we bought it in Yemen. I think it might be Indian. I'm not sure. We've got a frame with, you know, with your favorite picture of you and Lauren in it above oh, yeah. the fireplace, even though. Even though the, the picture's not as much art as the frame is, because that frame, isn't that like a handmade, hand painted frame? Yeah. Well, it, like it's, that? yeah, it's, it's a craft. I would say yeah. a crafty kind of thing. But the, but the picture is art. I mean, yeah. that's photography. That, so, that's Bill Dabney. Pretty, pretty my solid My friend, picture. the photographer, Bill. So, yeah, we've got all kinds of stuff in, like, in my office. I've got all the, well, what, what I could, what your mom let me leave of the Faulkner stuff. Mm-hmm. I've got one Faulkner print in there. A lot of Ole Miss It's stuff. a really pretty Faulkner print as well. It's, it is. It's a it's very the first. It's the first one I bought. Um, it's nicely framed. I probably paid more for the frame than I did for the picture, as oh, usual. Probably. Um, but I've got a, Really nice picture of downtown Starville mm-hmm. that uh, Walter Deal did, and it's actually—I don't want to get this wrong—but I think it's actually printed on the glass somehow. Some weird technique he had to send it off yeah. to Europe somewhere to get that done. Um, I've got some prints of George Rodriguez, uh, the Blue Dog. If you're, uh, ever, if you're yes. into the Blue Dog uh, from New from uh, Louisiana, uh, I'd probably say, as far as well-known artists, he's probably my favorite. Do you have a favorite artist? Uh, well known. Have you thought about that? Not really. Uh, I'm I'm like one of those people that's really bad. Like I would appreciate art, and then I could not tell you the artist to save my life. Well, I'm not gonna know everything. Yeah. But I, the art that I've got, let's just say for you know, I've got half a dozen different Ole Miss type things. Whether mm-hmm. it's a, a canvas print on a fo- like a photo canvas print, I've got some paintings. I've got all kinds of stuff in there. You've got, I know, at least two 
paintings of bulldogs. Yeah, I've even though I'm a college student, I've I even have begun my own little bit of collection of art. Uh, you know, I have, as you said, those two bulldog paintings. I've gotten one for a Christmas or two, and that kind of thing. I also have, uh, like these three prints of theologians that are <laughs> above my bed. And even though those are like mass-produced prints, like there was an artist involved early on Absolutely. who who did the sketch of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a couple pieces by my very own girlfriend who. Uh, has done some art pieces for me. We have uh, we did a Bob Ross painting video one time. <laughs> that's right. So that's a whole another episode. The Bob Ross. I mean, yeah, but I used to watch that with my dad. But yeah, but we it's it is art. I mean, somebody spent time sure. and created something out of you know a set of materials, and it was it's really cool. And I don't know if this would count as art. Now that I'm thinking about like favorite artists, but one thing that I have gotten really into is like web comics so like Mm -hmm. these these little small time artists who will put who will do drawings and stuff and put them on instagram uh so my favorite is called bob the guy and he does this uh one comic series called hannah and morty and it's just a little little baby grim reaper and a daddy grim reaper Mm -hmm. but it's 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 art to me because i mean this guy's taking time he's drawing things and then probably ref tunes as well which is I've like, seen some of that. Yeah, yeah, Paul Cox, who does uh, cartoon drawings of like theologians and stuff, usually in kind of funny situations. And I think I'm glad you brought that up because one of the other things that I have in my office, I was gifted a uh, calendar this year, and every every month has a different cartoon drawn mm-hmm. by Art Shirley, my friend Art Shirley. And so that's art, 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 art. Oh gosh! <laughs> wow. <laughs> I even read the script and knew that was coming, and that caught me by surprise. <laughs> I've been waiting on that all day. Um, so anyway, what I wanted to bring out with, like, with the Bulldogs. Yeah. Like, I was a part, even though I didn't spend my own money. Well, I guess I did on one of them. Um, <laughs> you know, I, you know, you know how I'm about. You know, I'm very loyal to my school, but I'm proud of you at your school. And the bulldog stuff i mean i wouldn't buy that for myself mm-hmm. but i can appreciate in fact i think one of your bulldog paintings is by one of the, the same person that my colonel rebel painting is mm-hmm. and so i can appreciate the art without necessarily having it in my house yeah and then we've got another painting um several years ago at one of the starville uh, arts council auctions we bought a painting by paul buckley now, Paul Buckley is a friend. Uh, I've known him since I was in high school. His mm-hmm. One of his uh, stepdaughters was a friend of mine. And I've noticed Paul's art as we came back. And so we had this painting. I was part of the Arts Council, so I kind of knew what was going to be sold before mm-hmm. you know, before the auction. Uh, didn't give me any advantage. I just, like, I, I saw this. Because I'd seen Paul's work before, and it's really cool, but it's all very abstract. Yeah. And But I saw this one, and I thought, that one is the one I want to have in my house. That's the one I'm going to get, and I decided, you know, we're gonna we're gonna win this auction, <laughs> and we did, and we love it, and it looks great in our room. And I'm trying to think what else we've got, it's it's not currently up because the Christmas tree is uh... <laughs> ah that painting. <laughs> yes, in there front we go. of in front of where it goes, it has to it goes uh it goes in storage. At home, <laughs> you would literally see the steam coming out of my ears as I was trying to figure out what painting that was in the house. Yeah, it's it's currently not on the wall as we record, but it will come back. So. And then, you know, I've got uh, also in my office little figurines from Le Petit Soldier Shop in mm-hmm. New Orleans. I think I talked about that in little, the collection. Little sculpture. Episode. Yeah, so that's art too because it's painted, it's sculpted. Mm-hmm. I mean, all that 
Oh, that's a piece of, of art you've actually handed on to me a little bit a by little bit. even getting me my own. And that's, you know, art connects people. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, it may be undefinable. It may be debatable. Oh, what I did want to bring up too, we have some of the things that came along after I got married because we lived in Asheville, North Carolina. So we've got some prints from the Biltmore house, mm-hmm. from different rooms, and we've got a, a painting and kind of a, a print of a painting. Mm-hmm. By Ann Vasilik, who was a local artist there, and um, my in your room. I don't know. I know you kind of know this, but there's that sort of abstract, multicolor, almost looks like an ichthus fish. Yes. Um, and that was painted by my roommate Paul Thomas when we were in college, and uh, you know I asked him to do something for me, or maybe I saw that and, mm-hmm. and asked him if I could have it. I can't remember exactly the how it came to me, but but he was he's a doctor. But he was also very much an artist and did a lot of drawing, kind of some on the walls of the apartment. I was, we I was going to what was drawn. I was going to wonder if this was the uh, the that one the who guy. drew the art on the wall. That was him, uh, and he actually, this is cool. He made a a paper mache man. He took That's chicken terrifying. wire. Well, he was taking some art classes, even though he's pre med, and he took chicken wire and kind of formed it on his own legs and arms and that kind of stuff, and made the man, and then did paper mache over the chicken wire, and so huh. for. For a long time in our kitchen in the Oxford Square apartments, we had this paper mache man <laughs> with a, with like, not a, with a top hat. It was kind of like a, you know, just a, That's funny. a hat. So, and he was very artistic. And so mm-hmm. I had that around me a lot. So I don't know. Um, we kind of need to get to the next seg, the next segment. So let me just say this. Um, I mean, you mentioned, some of the stuff that, that Lindsay had done for you. And we'll, I want to ask you more about that in a minute. But before we get to the food, let me just thank our listener. And this listener is Coffee and Biscuits, appropriately. Seems very appropriate. Uh, I don't know who Coffee and Biscuits is. I'd love to know. But they gave us a nice rating and said, This is such an interesting podcast. It's beautifully arranged. And I love the connection between food and culture. The unique combination brings great enjoyment. And I really appreciate that. Thank you. Whoever you are, Coffee and Biscuits. So we appreciate it. So the food. So our favorite food part. is art. Amen. And I think it can be art in a couple of different ways. Many ways. Now I was involved in the uh, locally. We have a, a chef competition called Forks and Corks, mm-hmm. and I remember you know like being on the radio talking about it and talking about how culinary art is truly an art, mm-hmm. and it really is. And I think it can be in two ways. There is like the craft of cooking, like technique. Yeah. Like, so if you go to cooking school, most of your cooking schools are French technique. Mm. So that's a, you know, that's a certain way to make sauces and this and that. And I probably, you know, I'd, I'd butcher it if I tried to fully explain it. There's probably a lot more into it than you could ever really figure out without going, without going to, right. to a culinary school. I mean, we might be doing stuff that's French technique and not even know it. Mm, but But you got different techniques like that. That's probably the main one. And you, if you you can kind of compare that to art, like the impressionist series or not series, but the impressionist movement. Mm-hmm. You know that was a certain technique. Yeah. You know Monet and Manet, and I'm probably I may have put them in the wrong <laughs> in the wrong yeah. movement. But... We are not saying we are art experts. No. We are appreciators of art. Gosh, that's so true. Uh, so you got the the craft of cooking or the technique, and then there's the whole plating. And I think this is what you originally had us in mind mm-hmm. to talk about because there's there's different ways to look at that. We were recently in Oxford at City Grocery and I got some kind of I can't remember what it was exactly, but it was a 
uh, piece of fish the and a black bean, or not black bean, it was like black eyed pea puree, and it had mm. this kind of sauce. And, and when it came to the table, I mean, it was very much plated. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the little the, schmears of Yeah, things. the fish is there. You can tell that somebody had like a spoon in the hand to guide yes. that puree exactly where it needed to go. Exactly. Somebody definitely took a a rag to the very edge. Yeah, so it, 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 that didn't necessarily make it taste better, but it certainly added to the experience. Mm-hmm. But then you can also, you know, have something that just looks like, like, for instance, Fiesta. I think you've maybe had it once. Fiesta is a dish that we used to eat at parties growing up. It's like a layers of things. So you have like rice and mm. crushed crackers and chili and cheese, and you can put olives and onions, and they're all good mm. together. But when you start mixing that up, it looks ugly. It looks ugly. Yeah. So it, that kind of plating is, you know, not the same and, and mm. is not appreciated, but it's still good. So you kind of have to. You got to take some of the uh, the artistic aspects with. The flavor aspects. Right, right, right. So just because it looks nasty doesn't mean it's going to taste nasty. Yeah. But just because it looks fancy doesn't mean it's going to taste good. You know, because you always see in those like TV shows where the guy orders something like really fancy and it comes out and it's like a single a single quail egg with right. a, a light green smear across the plate. And he's like, is this it? And it's like, sir, you ordered the artistic piece. Right. And that's kind of getting into molecular gastronomy yeah. Which is like plating on steroids mm-hmm. when you start fooling with. I mean, it's still all edible stuff, and that's what's so cool about it. But then you start, you know, you start having Jello in like bowls across, uh-huh. like like bubble tea. Like whoever, because th- that's kind uh-huh. of a visual experience too. Where sure. You're drinking something, and there's like this. I don't. <laughs> it's I don't, tapioca pearls. T- yeah, tapioca pearls hilling at the bottom. But you know, you see stuff like that. Or another one that's gotten really big recently is like 3D printing mm-hmm. foods. Oh, really? Yeah, that's like been a really big thing um, in the last couple of years because you can print shapes that you would never be able to achieve otherwise. So there, huh. um, there's like one company that will make, it looks like a, I think a dodecahedron, which is like a 12-sided object. Gesundheit. Thank you. Um, but it's, it's hollow throughout. So mm. it's literally just the edges. And you could only do that by three, 3D printing this chocolate. You could never do that with a mold because it's too delicate. Huh. So it's just like crazy things like that that you wouldn't be able to do. But it's all, while still being edible, it's all about the the visual experience. That, uh-huh. And like, look what we can do now with food. Right. That's I mean, I've heard of plates where you just get like a plate and it looks like you've got a, a plate full of sticks mm-hmm. and leaves. But it's all beautifully edible, yeah. tasty, and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, that's... That's interesting. I've actually, my brother gave me a molecular gastronomy kit, which I've not fully explored. One day I will. So kind of in that same genre, think about nachos. Ooh, nachos. You can have a beautiful plate of nachos with the chips and the cheese and the sauce and all the pico de gallo and everything on top of it. A little bit of guac here, a little pico here, a little. Right. So it looks beautiful, but about halfway through eating them, what is it? Soggy, soggy mess. mess of chips, right? So, is it worth it? That's the question. Is the as are the aesthetics worth it? In the case of nachos, I'm going to go with no because a soggy plate of nachos is a soggy plate of nachos, regardless of how it starts. Right. Same like with loaded fries. It's maybe not quite so bad, but you can just load fries down with stuff, and then in mm-hmm. the end, you just this soggy mashed potato mess. Pretty much. So yeah. So 
On the, um, as far as other media, you I mean, if you watch Food Network or the British Baking Show or Cake Boss, mm-hmm. you see so much art there. I mean, yeah. not just the fine dining plating. I, mean, I think we, we can all appreciate that, but the, you know, I don't know if you this, the Cake Boss is, cake I don't like boss, to watch it a lot. But when you do, it's a really interesting it is show. fascinating. Because you see this guy and he's like, we're going to make a city with a moving crane arm. I, I, this is exactly what I wrote down. But it's... That must have been the last one we watched. Probably the last one we watched together. But it's nothing but edible. Like, everything entirely is entirely edible. And then the craziest part is, like, the second they start cutting it, and you're like, oh, my gosh, that that's, really is cake. cake. It, I saw this guy the other day, and his thing is that he makes cakes out of thing, or he makes things that are oh gosh i'm it, it's, it's blowing my mind just thinking about I it tell. but basically it's cakes that don't look like cakes so okay. it, like he had a picture and it looked like a bag of doritos like exactly like a bag of doritos and he went pulled out chocolate cake oh wow or there was another one that looked like a, a cappuccino on a saucer Mm-hmm. And he like cut it all the way through. Even the plate was like fondant, so oh, it was like edible. And he did it with like all these crazy things, and it was like all just cakes, but incredibly well done to look like other objects. And do they taste good? That is the question. I'm gonna assume yes, because it was a. It looks like a really moist chocolate cake with like a buttercream icing on the center. So I was gonna say probably a solid cake. Okay. And you mentioned you know there's a lot of just in town here. Like, I've watched uh, Crystal Jenkins. She's got an Instagram, Crystal Jenkins Bakes. And she'll, she's will she got her cake on the little spinner, and mm-hmm. she's going around and showing how she's decorating it. Yeah. And then uh, T.J. Manna at Proof Bakery here, a friend of mine, she posts pictures of the cakes that she made. They're just amazing. Yeah, they're really and of pretty. Of course, you know, she's got croissants and stuff, too, that are, that yeah. are amazing <laughs> works of art as well. But the cake decorating thing, and like you were telling me, what, that people just watch these yeah. cake videos? Yeah. Uh, I'm sounds like gonna your call, sister. Yeah, I was going to call my girlfriend a little bit, but like sometimes she'll just watch cake decorating videos until she falls asleep <laughs> just because they're so soothing. And people just, they just decorate cakes. And they've built entire businesses, uh, like social media empires. Yeah, there seems to be no end to just cake the decorating. creativity with that. Yeah, I mean, it's just impressive. And you see um, another thing that I've noticed, like food photography. Like, have you ever gone or have you ever seen a video or a commercial or even a picture of like this hamburger? Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's something, a breakfast with at, at IHOP or somewhere like that. And they, they have this beautiful picture. And they're and pouring then you go syrup in, and it like doesn't go into uh, the pancake and it right. just likes off. Turns out that's motor oil. Well, you, you, you got ahead of me there. Oh, wow. Yep. I'm ahead of the game. Well, that's the thing. You go in there and you're like, the burger, maybe it tastes good, but it doesn't look the same. It's mm. not glistening yes. like it is on TV. And it's the 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 pancakes are soggy and the, the whipped cream is not as mm. uh, pretty as it, as it is on the I picture. I saw this behind the scenes of one. You know how like in some of the like sh- juice shots, you know, they have like the fruit coming through the liquid and uh. stuff like that. They showed the, how that's done. And this guy... Literally has like a catapult that throws the food up, a cannon that shoots the liquid, and it's like this super complicated process. And it like literally split second. I'm sure is the That's timing crazy. they have to take that picture, and it's like really wild. Yeah. So that, like you said, the one of the I found this really short list. I'm sure there's dozens more, but you know you've got things holding things in place, like toothpicks. You've got cardboard in between, adding mm-hmm. spacers to things. But 
but the motor oil yeah. over the pancakes, it, it won't absorb, mm-hmm. apparently, so it, it doesn't uh, sog them up. This one says glue is a thing that they use for milk, like mm-hmm. if you're doing a cereal. You can also use it on cheeses to like add more stretch. Oh, gosh. If you mix it with the cheese beforehand uh-huh. and like melt it a little bit, you can oh, pull gosh. it and it makes a really good cheese pull. Awesome. And then like a lot of things, if, if it's really shiny and glistening, they've just brushed it with vegetable oil or something mm-hmm. like that. And so a lot of the stuff... Most of those ice creams are mashed potatoes. Oh, my. That reminds me of a story. Have you heard this story? I have. I have. Before you were born. And this this kind of goes into the food as art in a, in a sense of something not being what it appears to be. Oh, yes. So we have homemade ice cream for Christmas, as we have mentioned. And uh, when I first moved to North Carolina after graduation, my parents came up. And my brother came over, and we had homemade ice cream. It was vanilla that mm-hmm. time. And so it came time to eat it, and I left the room for a few minutes. My mom was um, getting it together, and I came back, and you know she gave me my bowl of vanilla ice cream with chocolate syrup on it. Mm, sounds delicious. I took a big bite, and it was warm. Oh. Mashed potatoes from lunch. Oh. <laughs> With wow. chocolate syrup. Mm. It was very clever. I mean, I, they got me good, but I had to give it to them. Another thing that I thought was really cool, we went to France back mm. in, I'm going to say 2003, 2004, somewhere around there. I guess. And we went to the Louvre. which I'm, the Louvre? The Louvre. And one of the paintings that I came back with, I mean, I didn't come back with it. It's still there. I didn't steal it. We stole it from the Louvre. It's hanging in the studio. It's in the now. studio. No, but there was a set of four paintings, and I think this guy did a lot of stuff like this, but there mm-hmm. was a set of four. His name was Giuseppe Arsimbaldo, and I'm sure I'm butchering Mashallah. that. So he, most of his paintings were of people, but all the facial features were a different food. Hmm. So I'm wondering, did he actually like sculpt it and then paint it? I wish I knew how what his process was. Just to be in that mind, that guy's mind. But every bit of it, hair, cheeks, neck, everything was made up of different kinds of fruit and vegetables. Mm-hmm. And I haven't looked deep into it, but I mean, that was, I was so fascinated with that, even before I was really into food, that I uh, brought postcards home of, yeah, of those course. four paintings. All right, those exquisite drum beats mean it's time for our flavorites. Jacob, you got a favorite? I do have a favorite. So, um, as you know, and uh, a lot of people do, I really enjoy reading. It's kind of become a, a getting back into the hobby of doing that. Uh, and I decided that to start the 2020 year, you know, with that New Year's resolution of, of 45 books, uh, that I wanted to reread the Inheritance series. Um, so that is four books. It's Aragon, Eldest, Bersinger, and Inheritance. And they were my favorite books as a kid. So they're a fantasy series by this guy. Um, most people my age have read them at least once. Uh, just because, I don't want to say it was like the Lord of the Rings of our age. But it was kind of almost like the Lord of the Rings of our age. Like everybody read them. It was the fantasy book that everybody got interested in fantasy. It was the gateway drug for a lot of people into other fantasy. I remember when you were reading them. Yeah, and they're, I'm rereading them. And they're holding up very, very well. 
uh, to being read as an adult. They're interesting, the characters' development's great, everything like that. So uh, my favorite for this week is the Inheritance series by Christopher Panolini, something like that. He was like a young Yeah, he was really young, too. He was like in like early 20s. Okay, I thought it maybe even younger. Yeah, I remember that it was kind of incredible. He was so young and wrote all that. Mm-hmm. All right, so my flavorite is is sticking in the food side. Um, and I know, like, your girlfriend had done some coffee art for you. Is that yes. right? And I have, I've seen another guy, I can't remember his name, but he, he used coffee to, to paint with. Mm-hmm. And it made me remember this guy. His name is Michael Breach. And uh, if you want to check out his work, it's like Barista Art, like Barista with RT after yes, baristaart.com. Yes, yes. I've seen his Instagram. And he, what he does is, you know, we've we've seen latte art. In fact, at our mm-hmm. local coffee shop, 929, one of our local coffee shops, I went and judged a latte art contest one night. It was a really random time. I was there for you. I didn't think you were qualified to judge that. But <laughs> Well, now we know. I'm such an art critic as well as food. Very clear. Apparently so. But anyway, that was a lot of fun anyway. And sometime after that, I was digging around and found this guy. And he does, he kind of takes it to another level. It's not just pouring the milk in such a certain way to make flowers and roses and trees and that kind of stuff. He actually uses brushes and different, um, it's not just brushes, but other instruments Mm -hmm. and like edible inks and different things. And like literally is painting on the surface of this latte. So obviously they don't last long. You take yeah. a picture, that's your remembrance because it's going to mm-hmm. eventually uh, melt or dissolve yeah. or, or something. But this guy has been everywhere, all over the world. People mm-hmm. have hired him to come and do latte art yeah. uh, for them. So anyway, that's just really cool. If you're into to latte art, you definitely need to check him out. And I think he's available for hire if you want to have him at your next party. I don't think I could afford him. Probably not. Well, thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast and think others might enjoy it too, please share it. Please give us a five-star rating and a review. We would love to see that on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you found us. And they are legion. So you can find us on the worldwide interweb at Fiddle Vital Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Fiddles and Vitals Podcast on Facebook. And we'd love to hear from you. If you have an idea of a subject you'd like to hear us cover, shoot us a DM, give us a voicemail on Anchor. And remember, if it's vital, look for the vittles.